Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here are the secrets to working at Sarah. The girls just now are very catty. They like new tall cute boys. Of course. All of the girls, if they haven't already, are probably going to try and like hook up with you because you're really good looking. So I'm divorced. I don't know if you know that. No, I don't. Not a big deal. Doesn't define me. Oh, wow. Uh, Lisa, very particular. Know how she likes her tea. How does she like her tea? You're in for a fun summer. Sheena will not be defined by that divorce from Mike Shea. Come hell or high water, Sheena's not going to be defined by it. She is not defined by it. I never thought she was, quite frankly. But here she was telling the new guys she's not defined by that divorce. Wow, I missed Sheena so much, you guys. I missed the whole gang. Wow, Bethany, wow, we're back. We are back on Vanderpump Rules. And I thought last season was not that great, but here we are back again. I missed them so much. Thank God they've returned to our screens because I need them. I need our fix. And we're starting later than we normally do. Normally, we start the show in around December-ish. And now we're in January. It feels like absence makes the heart grow fonder. You know what I'm saying? I missed him so much. And I think this is going to be the year of Sheena. I'm predicting it. I'm a little upset that they're still treating her like garbage. Those editors, those producers, they are not treating Sheena well. They literally are so fucking shady to her. And I love watching it. But at a certain point, enough's enough. I'm starting to get like, hey, you guys, let's loosen up on Shishi. Doesn't Lala call her Shishi? <laughs> let's loosen up on Shishi. I feel like every time she's on screen, they're making fun of her, the editors. And it's funny. It is funny. I'm not not laughing. But uh, my heart goes out to Shishi. Um, so I'm, I don't know. I'm prepared maybe this new season to stand Sheena. We're not sure yet. We're going to decide. We're only one episode in. Who's to know? Before we get into Vanderpump Rules, I have to say, I'm going to be going on tour, which I mentioned a few weeks back. I'm so super excited. Now, uh, I'm doing six shows, uh, February, March, and April, and two of the shows are already sold out. DC and Philly have sold out completely. Uh, the other shows, I believe the VIP tickets sold out for all the other shows, but there are some general admission tickets left. And I cannot wait. If you guys have been on the fence, I hope you'll get tickets. There's not many left at all. I just got an update today. So um, the cities that are left, there's just a few uh, few tickets for each city. So grab them, go to everythingiconic.com. You can click on the top. There's a link for live shows. Click on that, and then you'll see the cities there. But uh, I'm doing six cities. I think I'm doing DC and Philly are sold out. Chicago still has a few tickets left. Uh, Atlanta, Dallas, those places have a few tickets left. And San Francisco is the first one uh, has a few tickets left. So please Go buy them if you want to come chat, because you guys, guess what? I think we're going to be talking about Vanderpump Rules at those shows, because the shows are on Wednesdays, I believe, and uh, Vanderpump Rules airs on Tuesdays this season, so it's going to be a Vanderpump Rules extravaganza at those live shows, and I cannot wait. Of course, we have so much to talk about with Vanderpump Rules, and it's always a good time uh, laughing at and with these people. So uh, let's get into the episode now. We have a brand new cast of new people. We still have the old cast, the OGs, and we have some new people. And I've been saying all along, we need new people. We need people to freshen this franchise up. However, I think it is a little odd that we haven't lost any people because we just have a cast of like 100 people. I think I think there's 16 or something. And it's just too many people. I mean, in the premiere, we didn't even get any of James because it's like, there's just too many people. There's just too many people. And I do worry about the OGs. I worry about all those kids because eventually we're going to have to get rid of some people. If this experiment works, as I think that it might work, we're going to have to get rid of some people. And I'll tell you what, I was watching the premiere through that lens. I was trying to figure out, like, what do the OGs, the cast members who have been on this show from the beginning, what do they do to stick around? Because we're going to have to cut some people after this season or after the next. And so I'm thinking, like, what? Do they do to stick around? And there's two people that I thought played the game flawlessly. We'll be following this throughout the season. 
But I think there were two OG cast members that really embraced the fact that there's new people on board and they want job security. And those two people, hear me out, are our aforementioned Shishi. I thought she positioned herself well. She hooked up with two of the new guys. <laughs> so first of all, I was proud of her. I was like, good job, Shishi, hooking up with some hot dudes. One of them I thought was really hot. The other one, um, that wasn't for me. But uh, I was very proud of her for that. Shishi, go, go Shishi. She inserted herself into the drama that way. And I think it ensures her a spot, at least for a few more seasons. Because if these new guys are going to stick around, Sheena has a history with them. So good job. Bravo, Sheena. The other person who I thought did well was Katie, Katie Maloney, who uh, later in the episode, we'll get there, she was listening to the two new guys talk about Shishi, and Katie just stood there, and she took it all in, and then she reported to Sheena what she had heard. And so this is some excellent pot stirring, and it was very obvious. I don't know if such an obvious pot stirring would work with veterans on the show, I mean, Katie was just literally standing right there, and then she, with no shame or regret, just went and told Sheena, like, hey, these dudes are calling you thirsty. And I thought it was flawless work um, to stick around. Because these people, the OGs, they got to do something to stick around. We're going to get rid of them. I don't know if they had to take pay cuts. I wonder, did people have to take pay cuts? Because there's no way the budget just <laughs> just like got more money. Like I, Ratings are failing. Not failing, but ratings go down every season because less and less people watch TV uh, linearly, which are, uh, which is watching it via cable. But uh, I'm sure somebody had to take a pay cut or something. I don't know if Jax had to get less money. I'm not sure. How did we make room for new people? I don't know. Or maybe the new people are just not getting paid anything. They're like, just show up and film and <laughs> you're getting paid an experience. It's like an internship. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe Dana just wandered on a set and she's like, you know what? I'll just do what you need me to. Uh, point me in the direction of my light, and then I'll go to town. I don't know. But here's the thing about these new people. I watched the episode twice. I watched it two times. The first time I watched it, I took notes, and then unfortunately I had like lost my notes or something. So then I had to watch it again because I got to take notes so I can report on it for you guys. And so I watched it the first time, and I thought, you know, these new people are a breath of fresh air. I was very excited. I felt like we need them. I was invigorated by the newness of them. And then I watched it back the second time, and I thought, uh-oh, uh-oh. Are these people just acting the way that they think they should act on this show? Does that make sense? So with Dana and the love triangle between the two guys, or, or with the GM, I felt as if they had zero chemistry, first of all. Her and that Max is the new GM of TomTom. Tom. I felt they had zero chemistry, but they were really pushing that relationship on us. And it kind of worried me because I thought, are they just doing that to stay on the show, to have a storyline? That concerns me. And look, we don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, the second time I watched it, I did notice that it felt like a little, not maybe a little thirsty. I don't know. And I want to like this Dana. She seems like no-nonsense person. Uh, but it worried me a little bit, I'll just say that. So we open the episode with the trailer that we've already seen before, which is, has that slowed-down music, so dramatic, and they're showing us like the past. We've been with these people for so many seasons now. We see the fractured relationships. LVP is narrating. She's wearing a beautiful bedazzled tie. She's doing beautiful bedazzling tie work. And she's narrating. She's narrating what's to come. We see some clips from uh, later on in the season. We see Ariana losing it. She was doing uh, some great hat work in a scene that we saw that's coming up. And she says, I don't want to be here anymore. She wanted to leave, get in the car and drive off. Uh, and then we see the opening credits, which has the three new faces. We only met, uh, or are there four new people? I think there's four new people. I don't know. I'm not sure. Two of the girls look exactly the same. Dana and the other one look the same, but we didn't meet the other one yet. Uh, and the two new guys look very similar as well. They do. The tall one I was was really doing it for me, I'll be honest. Brett. Max wasn't doing it for me because he looks like somebody else that I knew that wasn't a good human being. But uh, I don't know, maybe we'll like them both. Uh, but it was very interesting that Ken was not in the opening credits. Ken was not there. Wow, Ken, wow. Wow, wow Ken, wow, he's gone. What happened to him? Ken was gone. I don't know. Maybe he was on set and he just fell asleep when they yelled action. That's what I imagine happened. I think Ken was supposed to be in that group shot. 
I think he was. I know some people online were saying that they finally got rid of Ken. I don't think they got rid of him. I think he was just taking a nap with Jiggy or, or the ghost of Jiggy. And they yelled action. They said, everyone get to set. You know, there's a lot of people to wrangle up. We got this large-ass cast. And eventually the photographer was like, you know what? I'm shooting it. I'm doing it. Ken's not here. We're going to have to improvise. And so they didn't have Ken in that group shot. Because otherwise, why is he not there? It was shocking to me that he wasn't in that shot. The only explanation is that he was taking a nap. That's it. He fell asleep on set because it doesn't make sense. Lisa's still around. We're going to see a lot of Lisa, and so I'd imagine we're going to see some of Ken. Now, was I happy that Ken wasn't in the group shot? Sure. Although I will say I was very excited to see Lisa, and I am really excited for Lisa to just be thriving on Vanderpump Rules. You know, I've been saying this for years, and people thought I was really hating on Lisa Vanderpump, but here's the thing. I think that Lisa should just lord over this show. She comes across so well. She gets to boss these people around. She produces the show. And I love see- everyone loves seeing Lisa on this show. So I think it's going to be a very exciting time for us to watch Lisa really thrive on this show, and she doesn't have to deal with the Beverly Hills nonsense. Because what was the point of all that? It was like, uh, I don't know. I'm glad she's just on Vanderpump Rules, and I'm excited to see her. There was a scene later on with Lala where Lisa was wearing just like jeans, and she had just like a sweater over her her t-shirt top and some jewels, and it was stunning. (laughs) She looked stunning. I was like, oh my god, Lisa's maybe never looked better. I also want to say the entire cast of the show looked great. I don't know if they loosened up on like the Botox stuff or the fillers, but I felt like everyone looked really good. No one had like absurdly large lips. Like I feel like that lip trend where everyone is getting the blown out lips has passed us by a little bit. And so that was exciting to me that everyone's faces, I don't know, maybe they just look more settled or something, but everyone looked great, I thought. Everyone looked great. So uh, yeah, we open on the sidecar. Remember that motorcycle? We see Tom and Tom going to Tom Tom. Uh, Sandoval got out of that sidecar and he just hairsprayed himself god bless sandoval just hairspray i he just must have a big ass bottle of hairspray <laughs> you guys i've told you this before but i used to do that tony and tina's wedding in chicago it was like a, a dinner theater show i was an actor in it and uh, backstage like where you would get ready and put on your costumes there was so much fucking hairspray going around like that costume or that changing room was just loaded with hairspray because everyone in that cast was just wearing so much fucking hairspray. I don't know if it's Italian thing or what, but <laughs> so much fucking hairspray. So anytime I see it, I get a little PTSD and think of having to go out and do dinner theater. But um, I love that he just has it in the motorcycle. So that's when we meet Max, who's the GM of Tom Tom. Dana's apparently the hostess there. I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it. I think they were like, oh, Dana, you're hired for the show. Pretend to be a hostess. Because then at some point, they were like, Lisa's poaching you for sir. And I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> I don't buy this. Um, but it's revealed that Dana and Max hooked up, which is weird to me if Max is a superior here. Maybe he shouldn't have hooked up with Dana, but uh, it's neither here nor there. There's no morals on this show. What, am I, what are we watching if there's morals? Not Vanderpump Rules, certainly. Put on PBS for some morals. Uh, anyway, uh, Schwartz, Schwartz had these baby shot glasses, which I love, because... Remember, he like doesn't like to take full shots. He likes half shots. And I love that he just brought these baby shot glasses. They were like little tiny, tiny shot glasses. And that's honestly what I want on a night out. I can't do a full shot anymore. I'm too old for it. I'm too square. I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't do a full shot. So those baby shots look good. And there was a worker at Tom Tom, a young lady who said, Are you sure Barbie doesn't want those back for her dream house? <laughs> she might. And I thought, put her in the opening credits. She's a star. It was this one offline, and I thought, why isn't she in our cast? She's funny. We need someone like really naturally funny who's going to give us those witty one-liners, and I thought, this girl would be perfect. We need like a Bethany-esque, you know what I'm saying? We need someone. Stassi sort of gives us that. Like, Stassi gives some good confessional, I think. But uh, this woman, I thought, where's her opening credit shot? Put her where Ken was. Put her where Ken was. Anyway, then we see that scene with Sheena and Brett where Sheena says, all the girls are going to try to hook up with you because you're really good looking. I'm divorced. I don't know if you know that. It doesn't define me. (laughs) I love Sheena acts like she's the GM. She does. She's like, you know what? I'm the GM here. It was weird to me, though, that we're pretending. Okay, so let's break this down for a second. We're pretending that Katie, or we're, 
We're letting it be known that Katie, Lala, Ariana, and Brittany no longer work at Sir, but we're still pretending Jax and Sheena work there. Now, this doesn't make any sense to me because I feel like Jax has been one of the most vocal people to say that, like, we don't really work there. Maybe I'm making that up. Maybe that was something I dreamed up or something. But it seems weird to me that the two people from the OGs that were still pretending work at this bar and restaurant is Jackson Sheena. I don't know who I would have chosen otherwise, but uh, it seems like a weird choice. Like, I think just let those two not work there either. Do we need to keep some of them there? Was that part of the deal? I don't know. But I am glad that we're no longer pretending Katie, Lala, Ariana, and Brittany work there. I'm glad that we're that's finally out in the open because they could still go in. Tom and Tom on the restaurant, they could still pop by. And it was so hard to suspend our disbelief when Lala would show up for hosting it dressed as a bootleg J-Lo and then uh, jet off in her PJ with Randall because it didn't make no sense. She was like going to the Irishman premiere and then she'd shown up for her hosting gig where she'd get in a fight with Billy Lee. So uh, look, I'm glad we're not pretending that Lala's still working there. That's good. So then we do have a new worker there and her name is Raquel. Raquel, Raquel, Raquel. Now, you guys might not remember this, but I love Raquel. <laughs> Never met her before. Actually, I think I did meet her briefly, but uh, I do think she's great on the show. She has that very pageanty way about her, where she even said in the thing, she was talking about how it was her 16th shift. She told LVP that pageant training helped her. Pageant training helped me. She's got that shaky voice. <laughs> I love her. She's stunning. It's is my... 16th shaft. She had her 16th shift. She was counting them. When she said that, she was literally like, you could see the wheels turn in her head. She was counting to 16. She was, <laughs> she was just counting to 16. I'm surprised she didn't hold up her hands and like count on her fingers. I was um, picturing that at some point. Like she would just pull out a couple of hands and say, one, two, three. This <laughs> is my 16th shaft. She also said that James cries when she puts on her Sir uniform. So James is no longer working at Sir, and I think he should be thrilled because now he's got job security. Raquel's on the show, right? Raquel's working at Sir. So James is going to be fine. We know James is going to be on the show because Raquel's going to be on the show. And so I would imagine that James would be happy. Oh, I don't have to pretend to work at Sir. Meanwhile, James is like touring the country doing DJ gigs, right? Like I follow him on social media. He's literally like going places around the country to do DJ gigs. So what the fuck does he want to do at Sir? Like he should be happy. But Raquel says, James cries when he when I put on my uniform. I <laughs> I love her. You guys love her. Love Raquel. The year of Raquel. I uh, can't wait to see more out of Raquel. We see in the previews for later this season that Raquel uh, is called a slut, and I will not stand for that. I will not stand for that. Uh, team Raquel. Anyway, also remember, remember how we left off with James and Raquel, where it was revealed that James had sucked some girl's tit in a club? I mean, I don't know about Lala's confirmation because she wasn't there when all of this supposedly happened. She saw somebody him sucking on the girl's tit in the club while you guys were dating. We were all very close. We never got any answers. (laughs) What's the truth? We never got answers on that. So what is the truth? He was sucking some girl's tit in the club while y'all were dating. Ugh, never forget that moment. I miss Brittany, too. I miss that Kentucky accent. I love her. Actually, I don't really... (laughs) I don't really love Britney, but uh, I do love that accent. Maybe I, I think I just love doing the accent. I'm like already on the brim of like freaking out. Ugh, I missed her. Um, anyway, we have so many cast members, you guys. See, this is this is, could be a problem with the show. It's like we're, we have so many people. So many people that this whole episode, we were just kind of catching up with people. And we did get some drama, but it's going to be a, a hard, uh, interesting few episodes trying to fit this many cast members into an episode. Uh, anyway, Brett reveals that he hooked up with Sheena after playing Scategories at her house, and Brett said in his confessional that she's a bad kisser. And you know what, Brett? Back off. Brett, back off our she-she. Maybe she was a bad kisser that night. Okay? Everyone has an off night, Brett. And it's not for your place to reveal on a national television that she-she's not a great kisser. So back off. Back the fuck off, Brett. I'm on to you. I'm on to you. You might be sexy, but I'm still on to you, Brett. Talking about Shishi being a bad kisser. You know what? Maybe you're the bad kisser, Brett. Do you ever think of that? Maybe you need to work those lips into overtime to figure out how to kiss. 
It takes two to tango, my Mr. Brett. Just hope you know that. We're looking at you, Brett. We're on to you. Okay, me and the iconic listeners, we're all on to you, Brett. Talking that shit about Shishi kissing. It was funny. <laughs> and then also, it was revealed that Max and Sheena dated, and then he ghosted her after she bought him an Apple Watch. And <laughs> I love that little detail. That's a little detail you're not going to get somewhere else. You're not going to get on The Housewives. You're not going to get on Southern Charm. You're only going to get on Vanderpump Rules that Sheena bought some dude an Apple Watch, and then he ghosted her. That's something exclusive to this show. And you know what? I'm on to you, Max. Fuck you for that. Fuck you for that. She bought you an Apple Watch. Apple Watches are expensive, goddammit. It's like $400 or something for an Apple Watch. Do you know that, Brett? Or Max? Max? I'm on to you, Max. We're looking at ya. Just took that Apple Watch and ran? No, ma'am. Mm-mm. Not gonna accept it, Max. You either give back that Apple Watch, or you call her back. One of the two. You don't just ghost with an Apple Watch. Mm-mm. Not okay. Not, don't do it to our shishi. Our shishi. <laughs> don't do it. I'm pissed at you. I'm pissed at both these men. Took the Apple Watch and ran. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Maybe I'll like you in an episode or two, but I am mad. I'm mad as hell. I'm like the Dixie Chicks post 9-11. I'm mad as hell. Because you just took that Apple Watch and ran. It's not okay. It's not okay. And why... Why are, is everyone do this to Shishi? Why does everyone walk all over her? It's not okay. Then we cut to Dana and Max, uh, who, again, Max should not be hooking up with his employees if he is the GM, something we might need to take a closer look at. Uh, but uh, then we get into like more of the drama with the OG cast members. And the main drama is that Jax is mad at Sandoval for not texting back. And so Jax took Sandoval off of best man duty because Sandoval went to go visit his family uh, when they were doing a pre-bachelor party. And first of all, I'm, you know how I feel about weddings. There's too many fucking parties. You shouldn't be celebrating a wedding for a year. And your whole personality for a year shouldn't be your wedding. That's not, it shouldn't be a thing. And it seems like Jax is really milking this wedding. And he's making the whole season about his fucking wedding. And it just seems like a nightmare. It seems like a nightmare. And you know, I don't really care for Jax. I find him very unpredictable. I just don't, I don't get a good read on him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I think I'm a very good judge of character for the most part. And I've never met Jax, truly, so I don't even know. But I uh, feel like I'm usually a good judge of character, but him I find unpredictable. And when I find someone unpredictable, to me, that says something. A light bulb goes off in my head and I think, uh oh. Uh oh. Does that make sense? I find him very unpredictable. He's got a temper, too. He goes from zero to 100. You know, let's take a little detour here. Um, my dad also has a temper. He's not like Jack's, but my dad does have a pretty <laughs> pretty bad temper. And over the holidays, I was visiting my parents in Ohio. I had a great time. But uh, there were some challenging aspects. For instance, the Pellegrino family had a ham incident on Christmas Eve. That was very challenging for all of us. Now, my mom tends to have a Christmas Eve party with some family, with some friends. She does it every year, despite it being very hectic for her and something that causes a lot of anxiety for her. I mean, I remember Christmas's past. I might have told you guys this on the podcast before, but I remember a Christmas where my mom, she got so frustrated and so angry, she went in the garage and got in the car. And I like heard her slam the door. You know, she <laughs> slammed the door because she wanted us all to hear it. <laughs> So we knew my mom was like very upset. Then I see her sitting in the car crying and I go, mom, what's wrong? Like I didn't, I thought something happened to someone, something bad happened. So I get in the passenger seat of the car. My mom's just like in tears. And I say, mom, what's going on? And she said, I'm going to the corner, Dan. And I said, what do you mean you're going to the corner? I'm just going. I'm going, Dan. I'm going to go sit on the corner and the rest of you can have Christmas without me. And I said, what do you I said, what are you talking about, Mom? You can't just go to the corner. What corner? The corner, Dan. I'm going to the corner. <laughs> she was so upset because she uh, was having people over that night, and she didn't feel like we were helping clean the house enough. And so this was her way of getting our attention. And it certainly did get our attention that year. We all stepped it up, and we cleaned the house, even though it was spotless already. You know, my mom just kind of loses it around the holidays. She said, I'm going to the corner, Dan. She, what corner? I didn't even know what she was talking about. I don't even know if she had the keys. She just was in the car. 
She's like really lost it. Anyway, so that's kind of like the mood every Christmas Eve. It's like, why do you have this party? It obviously is too stressful for you. But she still decides to throw it every year. And then meanwhile, the company comes over and she just acts like she's fucking Mrs. Claus all day. You know, everyone comes over and they're like, wow, you have so much food here. The house looks so great. And she's like, yeah, it's nothing. It's no big deal. <laughs> she tells everyone, it was no big deal. And it was like, Matt, you just lost it and told everyone you were going to the corner an hour ago. But now that the company's here, you're telling it's no big deal. Uh, anyway, so that's the mood going in. And so this year, my mom had asked my dad if he would pick up A, the ham. She was going to have ham that night. And B, a pizza. She was also ordering this sheet pizza. So the pizza was from a place called Mazzulo's, which is this wonderful Italian market in Aurora, Ohio that we love. And then the ham was from a place called Heinen's, a grocery store. So my mom had told my dad that, can you pick up these two things? And my dad sort of like half listens to everything, right? Like my mom told him a few days in advance, hey, on Christmas Eve, can you get these two things? So my dad, it kind of went in one year out the other. But then my mom's mood is getting ramped up more and more as we're getting closer to Christmas Eve. And then Christmas Eve comes, Matt, my boyfriend and I, who we were home uh, there together, we ended up going out for a couple last minute gifts on Christmas Eve. And we were near the Heinen, so we went and picked up the ham. We were there, and I called my mom. I said, Ma, is the ham from Heinz? She said, yes. Just see if it's ready. It happened to be ready earlier. So we picked it up, brought it home. So then uh, my dad runs out to go get the ham and the pizza, but we didn't tell him. Or maybe my mom told him he didn't. He forgot. I don't know what happened. Um, but he still had to pick up the pizza from Mazzulo's. Now, there's two Mazzulo's. <laughs> there's one Mazzulo's in Aurora, Ohio, and there's one about 20 minutes or 30 minutes away. So my dad goes to Mazzulo's and he asks them, he says, is the pizza and the ham here? And they say, no, we have no order for you. And it's Christmas Eve, so everyone's picking up food. And so my dad calls and he's in a huff. He calls our phones and he's like, where's the fucking pizza? Like, why did you order it? Did you not order? And my mom goes, oh, oops, I forgot. I must have ordered it to the other location. So then my dad hangs up on us. And meanwhile, my mom is in a tiffy too, right? She's already in this mood. And so she is so stressed. She's so stressed. She's getting the rest of her food ready. She's getting her potato salad, her world-famous potato salad that she insists that everyone wants. So then she also has to fill cannolis. We're Italian. We have cannolis on Christmas Eve. So I see my mom is like so worked up about this. And I say, Ma, I'll help you with the cannolis. Like, I'll fill them for you. Don't worry. She says, thank you, thank you. We'll film together. And I say, let's just sit back, relax, and we'll put on some holiday music. Let's turn off our phones, and let's just enjoy the holiday together. Mother and son time. Mom and danster. Let's just have some fun. Fill in the cannolis and relax. And we pour ourselves a glass of wine. And I put our phones across on the other island, like on the far away from us. So then we're filling the cannolis, we're having a good old time, Michael Bublé's playing in the background, my mom's finally relaxing with a glass of wine, and I look over and I see our phones ringing, but my hands are filled. I'm filling cannolis, so I got a cannoli in one hand, the cream in the other, I don't have time to look at my phone. But I see it's like lighting up, but I'm just kind of ignoring it, I'm like, well, what? my dad's going to get the food, so be it. And then, you know, some time goes by, and I keep seeing it ringing, I'm like, you know what, maybe I should go check that. So finally I go and I check the phone and my dad's calling. And my phone said I had 16 missed calls from my dad. And my mom's phone said she had 28 missed calls from my dad. So so I think, "Uh uh-oh, whoops, it's an emergency happening. It's an emergency. So I immediately call my dad back. And my dad picks up the phone. He says, tell your mom she's not getting a fucking ham this year. And then he hangs up. He said, she's not getting a fucking ham. And so then I say, Ma, did you tell Dad that we got the ham? And she says, oops. <laughs> so, so my dad gets home, and he has the pizza, which he had just driven like 30 minutes out of the way to get this pizza when he thought it was some other location. So he's been on the road for a while. Apparently, he was like at this Mazzulo's asking for a ham, and they're like, we don't have you down for a ham, and we have no hams left. And my dad got so upset about it. He just said, tell your mom she's not getting a fucking ham this year. And I thought, tis the season. Tis the season. And so no one, (laughs) my dad got back and the ham was there. And of course, he was very upset about it. But, uh, you know, he goes from zero to hundred. And I, you know, quite honestly, I understand he was upset that day. He had to drive around uh, hours uh, to get a pizza. And we had already gotten the ham and no one told him. 
So, you know, that's the holidays at the Pellegrino household. It's always, there was also a situation with an urn that I'll tell you another time, but um, we need to get back to this episode of Vanderpump Rules because uh, some of you might not have enjoyed that ham detour. I apologize. But uh, we do see Bo and Stassi. Stassi reveals that she just lost her grandma, which is so sad because we had met her grandma and she was such a sweet woman. And I was sad about this. And I miss my grandparents, especially around the holidays. I was thinking about my grandmas. I miss my grandmas so much. And if you have your grandparents around, just uh, enjoy it. You know, when they're gone, you're going to be upset. So go chat with your grandparents. Uh, Anyway, she lost her grandma and that was said. She talked to LVP. And it was so interesting seeing these two sit down together because LVP hated Stasia at one point. Um, she did shade her book, which I thought was fun. Um, but Stasia reveals that she's mad at Kristen because Kristen keeps lying about Carter. And Stasi says, I don't know if the person I'm growing into is compatible with some of my friends. And that was interesting to me because I feel like that's very relatable. Right? In your 20s, you have friends that you go out with, you drink with, you party with. And then everyone sort of matures at a different rate. Some people, still go out and party, which is nothing wrong with that. But I think everyone matures differently. Some people have kids, some people get married, some people go off to work, whatever it is. Uh, I think people do grow at different times, and I thought that was very relatable. Anyway, Stasi, she's writing her grandma's eulogy, which I thought was nice. And she says that everyone moved into the same house. So we have maybe talked about this on the podcast before. A lot of the cast members moved to the Valley, which if you're not from California, there's like Hollywood, West Hollywood area, and then there's what they call the valley, which is over a hill and a little bit more suburban, a little bit cheaper living. It's still very nice. I'm not saying it's cheap, but uh, it's certainly cheaper than living in like West Hollywood. It's hard to own. You have to be very, very wealthy to own in West Hollywood. And again, also in the valley, it's expensive to live, just not as expensive. I just want to clear that up. But uh, everyone moved into the valley, and they all moved in the same fucking house. And Stasi said it. And when they showed the houses on screen, everyone's houses looked the exact fucking same. Everyone's houses looked the same. They all moved there. And then when they showed all the houses in the valley, they played this music and showed sh- strollers. Uh, we saw Jacks mowing the lawn, which I believe was a Rosie O'Donnell show homage. Because those of you that watch the Rosie O'Donnell show will recall that the final episode ended with Tom Cruise mowing her lawn. And so I choose to believe this was a homage to that episode. Uh, but we did see Jack's mowing the lawn, and we see Schwartz and Katie, they're hanging up some artwork or something, and they talk about post-marriage life. Then we see Ariana and Tom, who reveal that they were the first ones out to the valley. And Sandoval says that Jax was one-upping everything he said about moving, and he was like shitting on the fact that they were moving to this house. And then here comes Jax moving into the house, looks exactly the same. Um, But we see Jax talking to Brittany, and Jax says, Tom Sandoval and I don't have much in common anymore. And here's the thing with Jax, I feel like he thinks he matured because he got engaged. Does that make sense? Maybe that, maybe I'm off base here, but that's what it felt like to me watching this episode. Like, he got engaged, so he thinks he's just a completely new human being. And... Engagement's not like you're a totally new person. Brittany says, I wish Tom would reach out. God, I missed that accent. Brittany says that they've done a bunch of shit to each other, Tom Sandoval and Jax. But it feels to me, even when they show that flashback, it feels to me that Jax did a bunch of shit and then Sandoval reacted to that shit. That's what it feels like to me. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. 
Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y.com slash everything iconic. Anyway, Schwartz doesn't want to be the best man solo, which is such a Schwartz thing. It's such a Schwartz thing to do. He's just that puppy dog. By the way, he's got a nice haircut. Schwartz's haircut was really doing things for me. I really like that shorter hair on him. Uh, I also want to get one of those moo-moos, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, uh, we we get to that scene with Lala at LVPs, and we had some great transition music work. The uh, song was, TikTok, never stop, we're going to live the dream. And then we saw Lala going up to LVPs. Again, LVP, very casual with the jeans and the necklace and the glittery sweater, stunning. Lala reveals that she's seven months sober, and LVP says, really? And I don't think LVP believes it. <laughs> That's what I got out of that. Like her facial expression was like, what? (laughs) What? Huh? Anyway, it feels, uh, it feels, I'm happy that Lala's been sober. I'm happy that she got that under control. Uh, it feels to me that Lala is the most natural one to move out of this show, doesn't she? Maybe it's just because this was the first episode, but it feels like she's the one who's most naturally progressed out of the show. So I don't know if we need her there. It seems weird to me. She does try to tell LVP that she was very into the Humane Society back in Utah. So she says, what do you need at the dog center? And look, I think this was Lala's... I, I don't think that she didn't do wonderful charitable work in Utah. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it feels to me like this is her way of like, okay, I got to be on the show. I got to be doing something on the show. And uh, that's what I took from it, at least. Um, but... I don't know. It feels like she could go and I wouldn't miss Lala. Would you guys miss Lala? Remember when we thought she was like a feminist icon? <laughs> there was that one season where we all, we were all bamboozled. Uh, but um, anyway, then we cut to Kristen. She's moving. She's a total mess. Stasi says, Kristen knows how to make her outward appearance look how she feels on the inside. And this is what I need from a van- uh, reality TV star. God bless Kristen for finally <laughs> showing us. That's what we need. We need someone who's going to be as messy as Kristen. She's a wonderful reality star, and uh, I'm happy to see her back and being such a mess. She was such a mess, and I thought, been there, girl. Been there. She was just flopping around that apartment. She wasn't walking. She was flopping. Did you see that? We saw her just moving, and she was flopping. Even later in the episode, they had that party where they were all supposed to dress casual, but it was like everyone combed their hair except Kristen. Every single other human being on camera. At that party, at Katie and Tom's, comb their hair, and Kristen's like, "Not gonna do it. Not gonna co- not gonna run the brush through my hair. This is who I am." And that's a reality TV star, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, I really hate Carter. Uh, Kristen says we're broken up. <laughs> she tells Stassi. Stassi comes over and she tells her that they they've broken up. She says it ha- isn't happening the way you wanted to, but we're broken up. And then they flashback to one hour earlier of Kristen telling Carter she wants to be with him, but she doesn't want to be a joke. And like, come on. This Carter's the worst, though. It's revealed that Carter's moving in with someone named Sean. And I, this is maybe rude of me, but I thought, like, how old is Carter? And maybe I shouldn't be so judgy, but I thought, shouldn't Carter get a place on his own? Like, why is Carter getting roommates? Isn't he, like, in his, is he in his 40? I feel like he's around 40. And uh, no judgment if you're in your 40s and have a roommate, but it feels to me like he's living off Kristen. That's what has been revealed to us. 
And so now he's moving out and he can't get a place. Maybe he wants to live with a roommate. I'm not sure. But I did have that thought cross my mind. I thought, why doesn't he just get a place alone? He's 45 years old. (laughs) In my head, Carter's at least 46. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying it seemed weird to me that you're moving out with your girlfriend and you got to get a roommate. Maybe I shouldn't judge. I shouldn't judge. I'm sorry. Then we cut to, let's see. Oh, we cut to that party at Schwartz and Katie's house and Schwartz was wearing a muumuu which I enjoy. And then we had some great transitional music. Brighter, we shine brighter than the sun. It was like a... (laughs) Uh, Peter's there, by the way, and Peter sits down with Dana, the new girl. And I had totally forgotten this, but Dana was the girl who was at Sky Bar. Remember when the girls went on the Solvang trip last season? And Peter was like in the bathroom with Dana. And we were led to believe that like Peter got a beach from this Dana in that bathroom. Maybe I'm remembering that incorrectly, but that's what I thought happened. And so Peter sits down with Dana and is like, hey, you know, I know you're going to be around a lot more and you're coming over to Sir and I'll be your boss, but I think we should talk about how we hooked up in that bathroom. And then Dana says, I was just peeing. And Peter's look on his face, he was shell-shocked, jaw-dropped, he clutched his imaginary pearls. And I thought it was so funny that he was just totally bamboozled because I believe, I'm not saying they like fully hooked up, but I believe something happened. I don't think she was just peeing in that bathroom. I need to go back and rewatch the episode, but I don't think he was just urinating, or she was just urinating in the bathroom in front of him. I think something else happened. But she just was like, nope. <laughs> and poor Peter's still not a cast member. Now this Dana comes in, and she's a cast member. I mean, good for her for putting in the work, but wow. Wow, Dana, wow. I thought, why isn't uh, she fessing up to the fact that at least maybe like a kiss or something? But maybe it didn't happen. Who am I to... Uh, insinuate something happened. I don't know. Um, so then it's revealed that Sheena's going to Palm Springs with Max. So this was confusing to me because I thought he goes to her after she gave the Apple Watch. Uh, but apparently she's going to go to Palm Springs. With, and then that makes Dana upset. And this drama, this episode with the new people was a little bit, I don't know. When I watched it the second time, I thought it was boring. I thought, oh, what are we doing here? Um, I'm still excited about the new people. And again, the first time I watched it, I was thrilled. Uh, But the second time I watched it, I thought, is this made up for the show? I don't know. I don't know. I was more interested in the Kristen drama, which is that Lala started talking to Kristen. Or I'm sorry, Lala started talking to Carter about uh, having Kristen as a sugar mama. And look, I think Carter is using Kristen as a sugar mama. And I don't like that either. I don't like it one bit. But Lala really got in the mix here. And she uh, really was shit-stirring. And I appreciated that. I was just saying a couple minutes earlier that we need to get rid of Lala, but maybe we don't. Not if she's going to be doing this. Um, But she was getting in the mix, and it was pissing off Kristen. You could see her just seething in the corner. She was watching Lala talk to this Carter, and she was getting pissed. And then she loses it. She already didn't comb her hair, and now she starts crying. (laughs) I mean, it's... Lala said to Carter, too, I run a household, I give killer blowjobs. What is Carter doing? And, you guys, I want that on a pillow. I'm run a household. I give killer blowjobs. What is Carter doing? Put it on a t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt. Anyway, Carter says that he shoots for Kristen's website, which, what, just get another photographer. I'm sure somebody would photograph for her website for free or for, I mean, she should pay him if she's making money off that website. But I'm just saying, I feel like she'd find another photographer. Real quick, I want to go back to that Dana and Max, too. They just have zero chemistry. Maybe that's why I don't buy it. I just don't see any chemistry between them. Anyway, then uh, we see Jax and Sandoval talking. Sandoval says Jax talked shit about his house. And then Jax was just saying, I plan on having a couple kids. I have a lot more people to spend money on. Uh, this is serious time for me. I'm getting married, he said. Your whole year cannot be about this wedding. I can't do the wedding thing. I can't do the Jax and Brittany wedding thing. I'm not interested, you guys. I'm not. In- I'm very interested in this relationship between Sandoval and Jax, but I'm not interested in the Jax Brittany wedding at all. I don't care about it at all. I don't want to see it. I don't need to see that. Anyway, Jax says he wants Tom to text if he needs to text Jax to see if he needs anything. And Sandoval says, "Look, I did text you that." Jax says, "No, I was so upset. You never texted to see if I need anything for the wedding or if I'm okay or whatever." And Sandoval says, "Yes, I did. It's it's in my text." And then he shows him the text. And then Jax even responded to the text. So it wasn't like he just didn't see it. Jax is just such a liar, you guys. But then Jax asked Sandoval to be his best man again. So they make up. But I don't think they fully made up. 
I don't think they fully made up. I'm curious to see where this goes. I need to see more. And then we cut to Kristen double fisting because she's losing it with that non-combed hair. And at one point, Carter like nuzzled up to her face. Here's the thing. Carter's not hot enough to be like a sugar baby. I would be all for Kristen having uh, just some hot man around who's giving her sex. But number one, I don't think Carter's giving Kristen the sex. And number two, he ain't hot enough to just be living off her. Kristen, I would be happy if she found just some real hot young man, real hottie, like someone who's just at the gym all the time, just sexing her all the time, and he lived on her couch. I'd be fine with that. Uh, But this Carter, I don't think he's doing any of that, and he's not hot enough to be doing it to her. So enough, Carter. Uh, Anyway, everyone kind of yells at Kristen. Kristen and Katie get into it, and then Kristen storms off, and that's the end of the episode. This season, it's revealed that Dana, the new girl, is doing stand-up comedy, question mark? We see her doing stand-up comedy. I'm very interested in this. One of my favorite uh, Vanderpump Rules storylines of all time is the infamous fight between Ariana and Kristen where they fought over comedy. So I'm hoping that brings us shades of that. I think that'll be fun. Then we see some Dana versus Sheena, which I think will be fun. Randall's going to be on the show, but he just does not fit into me on this show. I know we were all saying we need to see Randall, but when I saw him in the coming attraction, I thought, oh, my eyes! It just didn't seem like he fit. Right? Like, if I felt like I had to close my eyes. Just when Randall came on the screen, I'm like, this does not compute. Did not compute for me. Then, uh, let's see, we see the Bo engagement with Stasi. I'm not sure I really care about that. Um, the Jackson-Sandoval dynamic, I'm very excited. Brittany yells in the preview, fuck off, Sandoval! Fuck off, Sandoval! I think that's an iconic moment. I'm very excited about that. Uh, and then it's revealed that James calls Raquel a slut, which I'm not okay with. We're not going to slut chain my Raquel. It's not going to happen, James. Sit back. Don't do that, especially to your girlfriend. You shouldn't do it to anyone, but not your girlfriend. Fuck off. Fuck that. Anyway, that's the episode, you guys. We're in Vanderpump Rules season. Here we are. We're, we did it, ladies and gentlemen. Now, please go get tickets to the Everything Iconic Live show so we can talk about the stuff in person. I need you guys there. We need to chat about it. And uh, let's see, anything else I got to say? Oh, if you want one of the t-shirts, go to everythingiconic.com. There's a link there. Or uh, threadless.com, or everythingiconic.threadless.com. You can get t-shirts there. Cameo, cameo.com slash Danny Pellegrino. On social media, I'm at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to support this podcast, go to the website called Patreon. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash everythingiconic. And if you click Become a Patron, and you donate $4 or more per month, you get access to the bonus episodes. I do one a month over there, one bonus a month, where I usually cover some old show. I covered, uh, I think it was the season two Vanderpump Rules finale, which was really fun to dive back into. That was last month's. Uh, so there's some fun recaps up over there. And more importantly than the bonus episodes, you are just helping to support the show. So thank you, thank you. Uh, we'll be back with a Housewife recap uh, tomorrow. Here's the schedule if you guys are curious. The, ideally, for now, we're going to be doing Vanderpump Rules recaps uh, for one episode, and then our second episode throughout the week, we'll cover the Housewives. So we're still uh, in Atlanta and New Jersey, uh, and Dallas has, I think, one more week left. So uh, that's the schedule. We'll be doing two episodes a week, hopefully, and uh, Vanderpump will be a separate episode, and then the Housewives will be on a separate episode. So uh, without further ado, let's do our little cool down. This was a lot to chat about, catching up with the gang, uh, who was good as gold, in my opinion. Um, let's all take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. I gotta say really quick, too, I know we're cooling down, but uh, this episode, the premiere episode of all these shows are mostly catch-up. So we're catching up with the cast, there's usually a little bit of drama very much a formula to the first episodes. I don't always love the first episode because I do feel like it follows that formula. I like when we're on episode three, four, or five. That's when I think it gets fun. But uh, all in all, this was a good catch up. It was a good catch up. Anyway, let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Think about your grandparents or an elderly person that you have in your life. Breathe out. Nastasia had lost her grandma. I had told you guys I was thinking about my grandparents recently. So if you have grandparents still in your life, or just an elderly person that you're close with or uh, that you haven't talked to in a while, reach out to them, tell them you love them, tell them hello, go visit them if you can. And uh, yeah, do that. I love you all so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great 
week and we'll uh, hopefully talk to you tomorrow for Housewives. Come back. Bye-bye. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Strap, there's no turn.